From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And it's the uh, Valentine's Day version of Lighthouse Live here on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Uh, good evening to you, wherever you're listening around the world. Pastor Mike Douglas with you, along with our co-host and producer Elaine Harlan, and uh, two of our favorite people in studio. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, yes. Joan Michelle, is this the first time you've been in this in building? This studio, yeah. yeah yes. So it's been a long time. Joan Michelle Williams uh, joining us tonight, and, and Joan Michelle are just treasures in in God's toolbox and uh i've known them for um well long time now i'm thinking about how many years and it's just been uh amazing we're going to unpack that in a couple of minutes and just talk about the incredible things that god is uh is uh, doing through them before we start though uh here's a rhetorical question that was posed uh the other day uh, to me elaine if a man speaks in the forest and there's no one to hear him is he still wrong? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> so we'll let think? you think about that for a second uh, and check in with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. What will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find that it's true? Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with the real-life story of husband and wife Jesus freaks who stuck it out. When God called Juan and Maria to evangelize the indigenous tribes of Colombia, they knew it wouldn't be easy. They even understood when more than 20 pastors fled the area. Leftist military groups had begun terrorizing churches. Armed guerrillas would barge into services and demand the tithes and offerings while holding pastors at gunpoint. But Juan and Maria saw these terrorists as men in need of a savior. Traveling between villages one day, Juan met 50 of them, shared the gospel with them, and 20 came to Christ. As Juan said, they exchanged pistols for epistles. Get a global perspective from the Voice of the Martyrs. Go online to persecution.com. Isn't that an amazing story? And yeah, like where pastors fear to tread, angels go, you know, mm-hmm. in that, in that yes. regard. And I'm thinking, uh, Joan Michelle of, of your ministry. And, uh, I remember the first time, uh, you know, I came, into vocational ministry out of out of government and basically had no idea what I was doing. And so I, I show up to look like what I'm doing and <laughs> and they tell me I'm in charge of this this curriculum class that's dealing with um, reconciling people God's way. 
uh, people who have been separated and, and, and or divorced or going through problems in, in their marriage. And uh, I, I did have a, a sudden glint of, of wisdom, Elaine, and that was I was ill-equipped to do that. But mm-hmm. but God had two people who were exceedingly equipped to do that. And I was so joyful uh, to meet Joe and Michelle because they had the the stuff to deal with that, and we'll we'll uh, unwind that in a couple minutes. Uh, but eminently qualified to deal with this, and it was just amazing for me to sit back and and watch the way God used both of you in an incredible way to reach people the way I never could, you know. But uh, he had he had put you through experiences in your lives, and uh, and from those kind of little humble beginnings and i think it was in one of those bungalow classrooms wasn't it? i mean it was you know kind of in the toolies on the campus mm-hmm. but uh out of that god god just did some wonderful things and now your your ministry is international all over the world amazing thing isn't it amazing god really used you and and and, and the curriculum uh, you know reconciling god's way marriage 911 yeah. i mean this uh the, god just took this and and amped it in an incredible way all, all over the country all over the yeah, world through through our troubles and through what uh, we had been through, uh, you know, separation and divorce uh, in our past and almost uh, divorcing each other, you know, it was, it was a learning curve, you know, and I I had uh, you know, to spend my time uh, being disciplined by God, you know, mm. uh, uh, by myself without, uh, almost like your question, without, I was in the forest and, you know, I was wrong. Uh, <laughs> And I was, you know, nobody was listening but, but God. <laughs> and he kept telling me I was wrong. But uh, finally, when I picked up uh, the Bible one day, and he says, finally, you picked up the receiver. Mm-hmm. You know, now you can talk to me, Joe, and I can talk to you. And it had to be without that interference, you know, yeah. telling me I was wrong from a human, you know, whether a man or a woman. But, uh, you know, uh, through a couple of years of that separation, I learned a lot of things uh, between me and God, and uh, I believe Michelle did the same thing. Yeah. You know, we're going to un- unpack this in, in just a couple of minutes, and, and Elaine has some opportunities to serve to share with us. But before we do that, mm-hmm. some, uh, just got this uh, recently. Communication is a huge part of this. And, and first of all, it's the communication between God and us. You know, we've got to get the vertical right before we can even start looking at the horizontal. But when we get to the horizontal, you know, the, the, the issue of communication between men and women is so important. And there, there are so many obstacles, uh, to that. And, and sometimes, although we use the same words, they don't necessarily mean the same thing. They're not received the uh, same by the no, genders. are different. Th- that's right. And here's an example of nine words women use. <laughs> Uh-oh. All right. Elaine. Number oh, one. Here we go. Number one. Uh, now, see, last week, Joe, I was outnumbered in this room. Oh, I was the only male. But now, now I got, I got I got a like brother. A, it's like 60-40 now, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah. I, I hear you on that. All right. The word fine. This is the word women use to end an argument when they are right and you need to shut up. <laughs> Fine. Fine. Mm. <laughs> nothing. Nothing means the calm before the storm. This means something, and you should be on your toes. <laughs> Arguments that begin with nothing usually end in fine. Oh, mm. nothing. <laughs> yeah. And and the word the phrase go ahead. This is a dare, not per- permission. Do not do that. Please. And then uh, and then there's uh, that's, that's okay. This is one of the most dangerous statements women can make to a man. That's okay means she wants to think long and hard before deciding how and when you will pay for your upcoming mistake. <laughs> so anyway, we're being somewhat facetious 
I think on that. And and with that, Elaine, you've got some opportunities to serve if you're not throwing something thank, at thank me. Thank you very you much. All right. <laughs> All right. We'll take a quick look here, and then we're going to have some more fun. The American Red Cross with Save a Life Saturday. We need someone to save us, right? This is going to be held on March 10th at the Vintage Fair Mall in Modesto, and a site to be announced in Patterson, uh, the ARC has educated the community through the annual CPR Saturday. This year, the agency will expand this effort to include disaster preparedness with this national project. The public will get a kit, make a plan, be informed, and learn how to be prepared for themselves, their families, and their businesses. Volunteers are needed to assist and direct attendees, booths, etc. interested individuals for the Save a Life event or ongoing first aid items. And uh, teams, community outreach, education opportunities are asked to attend a volunteer orientation uh, the first Tuesday of every month. And I'm just wondering if holding this event at the mall would be a temptation to shop. I think so. What do you think, Michelle? I think so. Definitely. And then there's the house. You know, Joe and I are not even going there on that. It <laughs> doesn't bother me. It might bother you. Remaining silent. The Howard <laughs> Training Center. Now, this might interest you guys. The 18th annual Crab Fest fundraiser is Friday. That bothers me. That bothers you or interests you. <laughs> Friday, March 2nd and Saturday the 3rd at the Howard Training Center, Whitmer Hall. This event features an all-you-can-eat crab dinner, raffle, live auction, and dancing to the sounds of the Silver Moon Band while raising dollars to support services and vocational, non-vocational training for adults with mental retardation and other disabilities. Now, volunteers are needed also in this to assist with the event prep work, such as assembling programs, scrubbing potatoes, bagging cookies, and all those fun things, Wednesday, February 29th, and Friday, March 2nd. Uh, Howard Training Center works to achieve full inclusion of individuals with disabilities in the community through advocacy, development, and personal and occupational capabilities, and the expansion of opportunities. So you might want to uh, take part in this. It would be a very worthwhile uh, opportunity to volunteer. And uh, the Hutton House, and you want to wave Mike to Valerie Thompson over there. She uh, works with aiding runaway and homeless youth in crises. Adult volunteers are needed at the shelter site to answer crisis line. Uh, lead recreational activities to tutor youth, co-facilitate groups, uh, group leaders, transport youth to meetings and appointments and just to interact with youth. This is a great opportunity also. Volunteers attend uh, initial uh, program and training, CPR first aid trainings. Uh, volunteers uh, want to um, get in on that. FBI fingerprinting, also criminal background review, physical uh, TB test, child abuse index clearance. Uh, you want to commit to volunteering for hours a week. Uh, they ask that you do that. Training is held on Mondays and Tuesday evenings, and they begin that on March 5th. The Hutton House is Stanislaus County's only shelter for runaway and homeless youth ages 13 to 17, and they do a, a real You know, good Valerie job does an exceptional they job really there. And, and you know, friends, it's, it's critical that in, in, in the church of the city that, that we not hide ourselves behind the four walls and say, well, because that's not a faith-based thing, what a great place for us to touch down and show the love, grace, and compassion and mercy of Jesus Christ. And so we can, we really encourage you to take advantage of these types of opportunities. And Valerie just does an outstanding job there. Law enforcement relies very heavily upon that, uh, upon that house on a regular basis to provide good, 
quality care with good boundaries for those uh, for those children. And they really do try to reunite these kids with their it's families. Great. And so we just great uh, service. You know, and yeah. encourage you to get mm-hmm. involved with that. If you have any questions about any of these items, call Barbara Borba. She's at 209-524-1307, extension 113. She's happy to talk to you. Again, Barbara Borba at 209-524-1307, extension 113, or email her. She's at bborba at uastan.com. Org. And we have uh, a need for a volunteer mechanic. Uh, we have a lady. She's 85 years young, and she's perfectly capable of driving her 97 Pontiac Grand Am, but mm-hmm. she just needs some help with some parts. Uh, Pontiac Grand Am. Yeah, yeah. And, and she, she's, she's going <laughs> to... She, uh, <laughs> we have some takers here. Uh, anyway, she can buy the part. She just needs, uh, she just needs some help. And, and she meant, mentioned some struts and lower bushings and sway bars. And it's all weird talk to me. But anyway, if you, uh, if you can help out with that, you give us a call here at 209-544-9571 and we'll connect you with that opportunity to serve. How old is she? 85 years young. Mm. Just a young whippersnapper. In, in a grand am. Yes. Yes. <laughs> four speed. Was that a four yeah, speed? Uh, she from Pasadena. You know, <laughs> little old lady from Pasadena. Yeah. We've got a song about <laughs> that. You no, know, I forgot to ask her what color it was. Probably like, fire engine red. Yeah. That yeah. is so cool. And, and, you know, that reminds us of our, and she's, Bonnie's not that, not I that know. old, but, uh, Bonnie House, you know, just a wonderful, uh, a senior servant here with ABC. Drives that hot red sports car she has, you know. Boy, does she drive. And I couldn't believe it. I walked out there and saw that. And, you know, as an ex-cop, I'm going, man, that's... (laughs) That's a ticket magnet. What are you doing in that? You know, but she just does such a wonderful there's, job. You just can't there's help some, it. must be something about Grand Am because that's what Michelle's grandmother, uh, her mom, her mom, and her mom's 80, uh, 82 oh, now. Oh, is that what she But drives? she had a Grand Am she used to Oh, drive. is that right, really? <laughs> you just can't wow. help but feel a little yeah. bad when I, you... <laughs> I'd be afraid I'd break it, you know, but anyway. Well, we just want to once again extend a big warm welcome. Uh, you know, you've been, it's been a long time since you guys have graced our table and we just thank you for taking the time, Joe and Michelle Williams, to once again join us here for Lighthouse Live. We know that you have other commitments that you have this evening, but thank you for coming back to join us. And we know that you have blessed many, many couples with your ministry. Reconciling God's Way and now Marriage 911. And uh, Mike mentioned that your ministry has, has been international. You've been on mm-hmm. focus on the family and just everywhere. And we just want you to catch us up on what's going on. And, you know, this week as we focus on Valentine's Day and love and all of those things, how appropriate that you would be with us and share with us and our listeners all around the world in places that we can't spell or even pronounce, huh, Mike? Well, and, and I think one of the first places your, your book Book, your original book mm-hmm. was published. Was it in Kenya somewhere? Wasn't it? Or well, yeah, Africa? Or somewhere. Nairobi. Was Nairobi. Where the pastor was from, yeah. just yeah. outside of Nairobi, yeah. right. and he translated it into Swahili. Yes, go. and you, and you sent me a copy mm-hmm. of that, and, 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 and it was all Greek to well and, Swahili anyway. To we me. have, we have friends in Greece. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And now uh, it's been translated in uh, Argentina into really? their Spanish. Diction down there, so mm-hmm. we have those books. Good. And so, and we've had requests out of uh, 
Russia uh, and other places. So we, we basically, when it's places like that, we now since we're the 911, we're associated with the ministry in Missouri, the National Institute of Marriage. Um, we have to tell them to get in contact if they want to translate and let give them permission mm, and do that. So. Sure. Joe and Michelle, for our listeners that do not know your history and what started this ministry for you, can you guys tell your story? Joe's shaking, shaking his head, head no. no. but that I'm means shaking yes. my head yes. Yes, Michelle, no. please do. Do you have tell. an hour or two? <laughs> yes, we, we do. We'll I'll take do the that. condensed version. All right. Um, basically, we were separated for two years from 1987 to 1989 because our problems that we brought into our marriage were, were, were huge. Um, we had so much baggage. We had both been married. I'd been married um, four times, if you count marrying my first husband twice. And Joe had been married three times before. And um, neither one of us were walking with the Lord, uh, serving the Lord at all. And we married. But um, after a few years of trying to do it our way, we finally realized we probably should be in church. We had a lot of people telling us church would help, so we started going to church. Then we realized that we probably needed to surrender our lives to the Lord, so we did that too. We joined a couple small groups and Bible studies and what have you, but we were still having problems, and we were shocked because we thought church was going to be the answer and that it was going to fix our problems and, um, in fact, one funny thing that is in our book is, uh, we were in a home church group and they knew we were struggling in our marriage. And so one night they said, you know, does anybody have any prayer requests? And so I just, finally, I just said, we're not doing well. And so they said, well, why don't you get in the middle of the room and we'll lay hands on you. We'll, we'll pray over you. And well, that had, we had never had that before. So I thought, well, maybe that's it. You know, maybe that's the key. So we got in the middle of the room. They, all came around us. They prayed over us. They were wonderful people. Um, but I, I just didn't have the heart to tell them it didn't work. I mean, the following week when we came back, I lied and said, yeah, we're doing great now because they didn't want to hurt their feelings. Um, basically, what, what happened in, in retrospect and looking back, because we ended up splitting up and being split up for two years, and God got our attention both separately during that two-year period, but basically, looking back now, and I think what, what drew us to this ministry that we have been doing now for so many years, is that we the church wasn't equipped to handle people like us. We came in from the world. Uh, we didn't know that you were supposed to pretend that things were okay when they weren't, so we just came in telling everybody how miserable we were, and people kind of ran for the corners. I mean, we're just like, how can we get away from these people? Um they just didn't have any any help for us. They, we went to retreats. We went to Bible studies. We went to couples counseling. We went to a seminar. Um, everything that people told us would work when we'd get there and come home, we had a new thing to fight over. And it was, you know, the speaker said to do this. How come you're not doing that? Everything that we went to was couple-focused. So when we ended up, after we reconciled, and we a year later, we kind of looked at each other and went, you know, how did this happen? And uh, I basically interviewed Joe and asked him, I said, what did you actually do during those two years? Because I know what I did, but but what did you do? How is this, why is this working now? And he told me everything he did, that how God got his attention, different things that he did for himself. 
I wrote down the things I did for myself. When we counted them up, there were 27 things that we did. And that was the, kind of the beginning of our ministry. And that was in 1991. Mike, just before you came to the church that we were, that we were attending at the time. So that's how it, that's the kind of short version. You know, and, and, I, and I think there's some important pr- principles here because you, you covered some interesting things. Number one, there are unwritten rules in churches, unspoken rules. And in order to get healthy, you have to penetrate that and, and you have to get the stuff into the light. Uh, and, and that was, uh, and I think, you know, how God moves chess pieces around the board, Elaine. I was coming in without, I mean, I'd been in church all my life, but not on the staff side. So I didn't know mm-hmm. that a lot of the things you weren't supposed to do. I mean, I, I thought, well, hey, you know, I came from the fire service. You put the wet stuff on the red stuff, you get the job done. <laughs> right. All right. Now, here are two people that know how to do this. I don't. So, let you know, let's go. And and what came to my mind as as I met you two was were, were the words from the great theologian Dirty Harry. Um, <laughs> a man's got to know his limitations, and and I knew that I I could not deal with this. All right, but you guys were equipped to do it, and I think one of the one of the and, and I I've learned far more. I don't know what you've learned from me. You know, God forbid, maybe what you, but. but <laughs> I have learned so much, you know, from from both of you over the years. And and one of the key things I learned early on was the dynamic that you often spoke of of the commitment to stand on the line of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. You know that that once that vertical relationship is 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 humming, that standing on that line of reconciliation was so important, no matter what that other person is right. is, is doing. And let's talk unpack that a little bit for us, Joe, because that really to me. As I watched the ministry unfold, as I became, became, you know, began to understand the dynamics of what you were talking about, that is a key thing because if you're not willing to stand there with God, it ain't gonna happen. One of the things that the church has been really good at is, is they, they have, uh, marriage building ministries, uh, a lot of them, and everything to do with couple focus. Mm-hmm. One thing that they never did was individual focus with a married couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what we found out over the years that uh, approximately 50% of all people, uh, married couples that will go to a marriage building class to, to have a better marriage will, will probably come out of there fighting or they have issues. Half of them are in trouble. Mm-hmm. But the church never took that focus, that, that avenue. And in our particular ministry, it was... Uh, You've been in the fire service, you've been in the law enforcement service, so you know that, that end of the public service where you got a triage. Yeah. Uh, when there's a train wreck, you go in there and uh, you go and you look for the people that are alive. Those that are able to walk, walk out of this bus. Those, uh, you know, that need help, uh, let me hear your voice. Uh, those that are dead aren't going to be speaking. Right. So you, you bypass those that you know that are, that are not alive and you go to the ones that are alive. So in this particular ministry, I wanted to take that 911 aspect and triage and we work with the one person in that couple that's alive. The other person, we, you know, if they don't come in, into our sphere of influence, and, and of course, it's a biblical ministry, so we're always pointing these people mm. to the Lord. Amen. So if I'm working with a man and his wife basically is dead, she doesn't want the marriage to work, I still work with a man. And, and Michelle does the same thing with a woman. So we triage the situation. Sometimes when you get them both and work on it, it's almost 100% fix at the end of the 
once we get their focus right. Like you say, we have to have that focus, but we have to deal with them even as a couple, as individuals. Yes. And that is really a key to this ministry. And that's how you get them to stand on the line of reconciliation. Right. That's what the line of reconciliation means. It's that you get one person who's willing to stand choice. for the marriage and and get that person, give them enough tools and enough and equip them with a method to to remain waiting for that spouse to cycle back through. So there's going to be a time where that spouse is probably going to cycle all the way out and possibly come back in, kind of touch base, kind of check in, see how things are going, and then out again. Um, we have found that when there's another, there's third-party involvement, it, the chances of reconciliation lessen quite mm. a bit. Mm. So... Again, we keep the same principle, though, keep that one person on the line of reconciliation for the main reason that if the marriage is going to end in divorce because of an unwilling spouse, and that spouse cycles all the way out to the point of filing for divorce and then remarrying, what you've done, in, especially if you've done this within the church, is that you have one person that you've given all the tools to and the support system to that has remained on that line of reconciliation waiting and once it's over, you've got a healthy individual because the chances are that person's going to remarry. Mm. So then they're going to take everything that you've taught them and given them, and they will take that into the next marriage. Um, we have seen major miracles happen, though, because one person waited, you know, all the way up to a year or two, like we did, where all of a sudden that spouse did cycle back in and meet them and the marriage was saved. I worked with one man in my Thursday night men's group for seven years. And there was two or three times within that time that he would come to me and says, I just feel like this enough's enough. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I need to do this. And I says, well, you need to check with God and see if that's what God says that we should do. And of course, you go back to scripture and we talk and finally him and his wife are together now. Uh, she never remarried. You know, he never remarried and they're together after seven years. So that's, those things happen. And some of us are a little thicker headed than others, you know. It's, it's one thing that we got to understand physiologically a man's forehead is a quarter inch thicker than a woman's. So I just wanted to get that straight. <laughs> no doubt you Thank guys you have for seen. that. <laughs> I thought you'd appreciate that. <laughs> Some real miracles here and, and you know, backing up just a little bit, you guys have made a major paradigm shift in the way that the churches are, are seeing, um, this, this ministry because you were talking before that, you know, the churches weren't equipped really right. to, to handle what you guys have handled. And we were talking about the unwritten laws or the unwritten, there was something unwritten there that the churches mm-hmm. are doing. Who makes that? I'm just curious. I, I, I'm still kind of stuck back there. Who makes that? Unwritten? Where does that unwritten law come from in the four walls of the churches? Do we know? And, and, and can we? I think it came, gosh, I remember my great, no, not my great grandmother, my grandmother actually saying, you're not supposed to air your dirty laundry. I mean, it was just kind of a, it, it, I think a lot of people back in the day, long, long time ago were, were raised that way. You just, you don't talk about your problems in public. And they brought that right into the church. Well-meaning. I mean, everyone loved each other and cared about each other, but they just kind of had this rule that they thought it was social, that that's what you do in church. You just don't talk about all this stuff. But back right around in the late 80s, 
things started changing. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that was because the, the unchurched started coming in to the church and going, what the heck? What, what's going on? What do you mean I can't talk about this? And what about our younger generation? Aren't mm-hmm. you guys finding oh, that man. our, the youth are, well, are it's a different story today, isn't it's it? It's a very yes. different story. And most of the churches that are growing are churches that are allowing the youth to say what's on their heart, yes. say what's on their mind, come in with your problems. There's support groups everywhere. There's, you know, I mean, Amen. things have changed, but it just so happened that Joe and I came in right at the cusp of that. And so we brought in, we, we were actually on that wave. And I think what happened in 1991 is that uh, the pastor we were under at that time recognized in us that we could reach a whole group of people that a lot of our senior, wonderful senior saints couldn't reach because they, they didn't understand what we were all going through. So that's when we got into ministry. I mean, it just happened by the grace of God. And then you came along, Mike, and we had never done a seminar. And I don't know if you remember, you told us to break the seminar into three sections and you helped us to outline the seminar and the outline of that seminar. I still have on a yellow pad (laughs) in my handwriting (laughs) morning, mid afternoon and afternoon the titles of the seminar was, guess what? The titles of our workbook. Is that right? That's really? what the workbook really? was actually yeah. written wow. up. Where's your, wow. it, we started out, where's, where's your, your focus, focus? Right. where's your heart, mm. and where's, where's your, your hope? hope. Mm. And that's our workbook. Well, and I think uh, the ministry that God has called you to, if, if I could find one word to describe it, to encapsulize it, to summarize it, it's hope. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's not performance. You know, it, it, it's not tradition. It's not a lot of, it, it's, it's hope. It is where the real hope is found. And I think, uh, you know, Elaine, as, as we've had so many people cycle through here, we've talked about, you know, the 12 step, um, programs and such. The, the steps work, but without Christ in it, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it's, it's missing the fix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's mix, missing the hope. And, and you, both of you have always been very upfront about the fact that, that God is the one who's doing the mm-hmm. work here. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's aligning with Him and, mm-hmm. and that, that process, I think that both of you take of, of aligning people with God, getting, you know, going through that, um, uh, Psalm 139, 23 and 24 thing with David, search me, O God, you know, getting all that stuff and then the, then the horizontal happens. Let me throw something out and, and Elaine has a musical treat for us here in just a second. But, um, recently at the, at the recent prayer summit, God spoke to us as, as we have told you, dear friends, and, and gave us this statement, reflecting the father heart of God, we covenant together to model and champion biblical fathering and to advocate for the fatherless within our spheres of influence, reflecting the father heart of God. And what brought this to mind as I was thinking about both of you coming tonight is the generational aspect of problems within marriage. The children tend to receive it, and it goes into their hard drives, and it it, it, it stays there, whether intentionally or not. The stuff is there. And so you have really, in, in essence, broken the chain in a lot of cases mm-hmm. and, and broken that generational stronghold right. to release people now mm-hmm. to model what, what a Christ-centered home looks like. And that, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a powerful thing. 
We are so blessed, dear friends, wherever you happen to may be listening uh, with us tonight to have Joe and Michelle Williams, and we're going to have lots more uh, when we come back. You know, this man performed quite eloquently during last night's Grammy Awards, and he's our special guest this week in honor of Valentine's Day, Sir Paul McCartney with Silly Love Songs on Lighthouse Live, and we'll be back.
Sir Paul McCartney. And that's <laughs> silly love songs on Lighthouse Live. You know, that brings back memories of my 1973 Duster cruising. Well, I probably don't need to go into that. Do well, you Colorado can. Colorado Boulevard in Pasadena. You're not old enough. You're not 87. And uh, <laughs> cranking up the, you know, the little amplifier there. Remember that? You know, you did have the, the, the stop signs and, you know, the subwoofers was like uh, skid tires on paper. Yeah, so amen. That's, that's, right there. that's yeah. fun stuff. I was, I was very law-abiding, though. I did, I did not. Right. I mean, I... <laughs> start teasing our police. I used to do all those things. <laughs> We're visiting with Joe and Michelle Williams, Marriage 911, Reconciling God's Way. And uh, let, let's just, uh, I'm sure we've piqued some curiosity uh, out there. And, and I think one of the key things that you do is Michelle you deal with the women mm-hmm. Joe you deal with the men a lot of pastors have got themselves into trouble mm-hmm. in cross-pollinating there and that is a bad idea I'm a, and, and, and Joe and I will tell you pastors to pastors do not do that do and, not do that and it's easy to get caught up in that you don't even have to say or open your mouth if a woman asks you a question about her husband all you have to do is just nod your head and yes. and they'll take that answer and run home and you're in trouble. Well, absolutely. And 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 the enemy gets in there right. with the most innocent of, you know, uh purposes originally, absolutely. but it it is key and that's why I I just heartily endorse and and suggest pastors if you're listening to take this type of approach a couple and and you're you've trained couples to to do this and absolutely. right? Yeah. That's one of the main things we do. Well, let's talk about couple in trouble. Come to you. What do you do to start that triage process? What do you do to give them hope? I usually will get the phone calls. And if it's a woman that calls, I um, talk to her right away and give her hope. It only takes a few minutes to just basically I, I hear where she's at. And then I just say, well, you know what? There's hope. And and then she's like, oh, really? <laughs> and one of the questions that I will ask her is, do you want to work on your marriage? Do you, do you want your marriage to be saved? And uh, nine times out of ten, if they've made the effort to pick up the phone and call or send us an email, the person doing that is the one wanting to save the marriage. Every so often we may get someone that is just looking for someone to agree that it's okay to divorce. But most of the time the answer back is yes. Um, so that's the first thing. Then the next thing that we do is we... Um, Talk to them about getting a first aid kit. I heard you earlier, uh, make, get a kit, make a plan. Yes, okay. preparedness. <laughs> Prepare. Okay, well, Marriage 911 is basically based on that. We're a first response ministry, mm-hmm. and we have what's called a Marriage 911 first aid kit. Mm-hmm. That is our 12-week videos, our workbook, and our book that was published by Focus on the Family called Yes, Your Marriage Can Be Saved. Those three things right there for the one person who wants to save the marriage is what we were talking about earlier in the program about getting that person to get on that line of reconciliation. That's the very first thing that we do because it wouldn't do any good for me to go, well, I'll pray for you. Hmm. Or here's the name of a good counselor because guess what happens when I've told that person to call a counselor? They've got to have money and they've got to get in the wait on a waiting list if it's a good counselor. Um, so we want to get something in their hand ASAP. So we have the first aid kits available immediately. Our church carries them, and we also carry them. We have a little office in the back of our hair salon, and we have them there as well. So if 
if that person wants to get a first aid kit, that's number one. The next thing I do, if it was a woman that called, is I give her um, Joe's cell phone number to give to her husband. And then I say, have says, her. Do, you do not call yeah. Joe. <laughs> right. You yeah. give this to your yes, husband right. and your husband will call Joe. Yeah. And, and she knows right away that I'm there for her hmm. and that my husband is going to be there for him to a point, but not long term. We are there to intercept this. And then we encourage them to get um, support yeah. partners. And then um, Joe will receive the call a lot of times from the husband. And then Joe will meet with the husband or talk with the husband. The main point would be to, again, start with their focus, get their focus off their crisis and back onto Christ mm-hmm. and slow them down through this process of what's going on. And it's really, sometimes it's very emotionally intense and you gotta get through some of this stuff. And, uh, when I, when I deal, uh, with the guys, that's kind of what they're, guys want to fix things mostly right away, you know, and, uh, I deal with them and I says, well, how long have you been married? So I'm like, well, we've been married 17 years and this just happened. I said, no, it's happened over a period of 17 mm-hmm. years. You've behaved yourself into this for 17 years. Now you got to start thinking about behaving yourself, not, not talking yourself out of it, but you got to behave yourself out of this thing. It takes time, doesn't it? Takes it? time. Yeah. Amen. Before we go on, how, um, some folks are probably going, hey, that's for me. How, how, how do people get a hold of you? How can they, uh, get some of these materials? Uh, the- they can go to our website. It's, it's marriage911online.com. And when they go to the website, they're going to see that uh, we do have the first aid kits available, and we have the workbook, and we also have the Yes, Your Marriage Can Be Saved book. Now, if it's a pastor listening, we want to encourage a pastor or church leaders to go, when they go to the website, then they would uh, click a little link that says for churches, and you will see the leaders kit. And if you're a pastor listening, we encourage you to get the leaders kit because once the leader, once you get the leaders kit, then what happens is you have everything you need to start the ministry and the ministry is self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. It is a one-time cost for that leaders kit, which is very minimal really. And, um, once they get the leaders kit, then they join, they will automatically be joined to our leaders site. And then listed on our website as a marriage 911 church. We have them all over the country. And then at that point, once they've done that, they can get all of their, their resources, all the workbooks and all the Yes, Your Marriage Can Be Safe books at the church discount through the National Institute. And we, we, uh, equip them with all of that. Very cool. Now, during the song that we were listening to, mm-hmm. um, you guys were discussing some of the great events that you have coming up. Michelle and Joe, you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, we have our, our marriage 911 class. We do twice a year that Joe and I actually teach. And, um, it is going to be held at Modesto Free Methodist on the corner of Rose and Briggsmore. Mm-hmm. And it starts Wednesday evening, March 21st at 6.30. And if you want to come at 6, there's a $3 dinner that's really mm, yummy. Okay. And then at 6.30, the class starts. There's a wonderful childcare program. And it gets over at eight. And so, uh, that's open to the community. How long do these classes go? This one is, this particular one's going to go nine weeks, but okay. they can run anywhere from nine to 12 weeks. Right. One of the th- <clears throat> things that's important for you and, and for you personally and also for those that you train is how to protect yourselves. Mm-hmm. 
because the enemy is hard at work Absolutely. in these couples, and he's been hard at work in your lives, is our, our all, all of our lives. How do you? What What do you do to protect yourselves to keep yourselves centered in the midst of this swirling tsunami of devastating marriages? Well, Michelle's done a good job of having a, a prayer team that's out there mm. uh, and pray for us on, on a on, on a continual basis. And, uh, and then we spend time, uh, you know, in the word as well. And, uh, I do most of my spending time in the world because, uh, word because of the, uh, the way that I, I work with the guys and I, I need to be there. And I always appreciate when I'm talking with these guys because they really stretch me, mm-hmm. you know, and they're looking for hope and they're looking for help and, and, uh, they're looking for somebody to give them some kind of encouragement. And that's one of the things that we, we really need to do. So that, that really helps us stay there. One thing to understand about this ministry, because a lot, you're talking about pastors uh, doing this ministry is, uh, is that we're not uh, counselors as far as a specially trained psychology counselors. And it needs to be stated, this is a lay ministry. So not only this ministry is set up. So if you put this in a church, it's actually set up to where it protects the people that come in, the lay people that help because it's a, it's a separation. The men work with the men, the women work with the women. We don't, we don't mix apples and, and oranges. And they don't do couples counseling. And they don't do couples counseling. Mm-hmm. So it's wonderful, especially when these stresses, you gotta stop sending people out to the world for their counseling. Churches need, and we've been real fortunate over the past, uh, few years now, we've, uh, had about, uh, six, we're up to about 70 churches now that are actually involved in doing this ministry. One of them is in Florida. I think you know uh, David Oates. David Oates, David yeah. Oates yeah, is right. awesome, yes. awesome. Oh. And they've they've just had some miracles. We get emails from How's it. David another doing? miracle. He's, he's doing great. Oh, he's doing awesome. oh great! I want to give you that uh, website again, friends. It's marriage nine one one online dot com. Again, marriage nine one one online dot com. Is there a phone number people could call as well to get a hold? Yes, of? they can call um, our eight hundred number. It's five seven eight help. Five seven eight. Four three five seven. One eight hundred five seven eight. Help. Help. Four three five seven. Okay. Um, as 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 you have seen God working in in your life and in the the lives of others, what has He taught you about you in the past couple of years? As as you look back and you say, "Wow, man, look at that road that that we traveled." What what are some of the things that that he has taught you individually about you through this process of of helping others? The first thing that comes to my mind when when you say that is that I have to be in this ministry. I mean, he's taught me that because of our past, we're we're sort of like, um, you know, we're sort of like someone with a substance abuse problem Mm -hmm. that once you've come out of it, you, you better figure out a way to either, you know, serve in that area or do something to protect yourself. And because we were so vulnerable with our divorces and we, both of us had the idea that if things were really bad, you just tossed in the towel and walked away. Mm. I mean, I, I just, you know, would just walk away. I just go, well, this isn't working. I'm not happy. This isn't fun. So I'm just going to walk away. And one of the things that I've learned over the years is that every time we get ready to do a class. It's another reminder that God saved our marriage and brought us out. He, he changed the dynamics of our family. We just had our 30 year anniversary. Congratulations. Yes. And it was just a wonderful party. Mike, you and Lori were there and it was was just, it was a blessing. 
uh, every one of our children and our grandchildren, um, all of our children spoke, and they all had something to say about our marriage staying together, how much it meant to them. Mm-hmm. And so when we get ready to do another class, it's just another reminder that something I've learned over the years, I can never not be in this ministry helping others. It, it would be awful to take what God gave us and then just bury it and not give it back to others. It's nice to know that you're in this yeah. sweet uh, spot. So clear where calling. God wants you. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, yeah that's, uh, same thing with me. It's, it's, it's exactly, uh, how we've been prepared through our, I call them PhDs because I have to deal. Sometimes we're up teaching in front of, uh, you know, priests and, and bishops. One time we were in, in, in Washington DC and there was like 120 highly trained individuals that we were talking about this thing that we do, this reconciliation ministry mm-hmm. that we do. And, uh, I got this idea. Well, I got to meet them on their, their intelligence level. And I says, I got three PhDs and so does Michelle. And all of their ears went up and they started paying attention. And I says, well, what that really means is, is the previous histories in divorce. And, and, <laughs> I, and I said, I'll take one of those, one of those PhDs and put it up against a four year college education <laughs> any day. <laughs> and, and then I really had their attention. So it, it's, 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 it's a humbling experience, but it's also, a blessing. Mm. We see this all the time in, in the marriages and, and the people that we help. You know, uh, we leave them in the Lord's hands, and some will make it, and some won't. But if we don't do what God's called us to, I feel that we're we're rusting and and we're not alive. This is part of our life because of what He's allowed us to go through. I, I look at it as we've been. Uh, trained we've been tuned and now he's fine tuning us to help others we're, we're, we're tuned into the station okay yes, yes. we're on the same frequency yes. and he we're, we're just a tool that he that we allow him to use us to to help others and give others encouragement and that's what this ministry is all about well, through that experience you've got wisdom you know yeah. through all of that and you can share that with others well one of the exactly. things too that we've learned over the years um as i was listening to joe too is and that one of the things that we've try to give couples is we want them to have fun in their marriage. Mm -hmm. And so many times people have uh, gotten just so busy and so focused on work and, and kids and all of that, that if they don't go away and they don't spend time with each other, they kind of lose that too. So we learned from one of our couples that we've worked with that over the years um, that do ministry, Clinton Penny Bragg in Florida, and they do what's called a mini marriage retreat. So we really encourage others to do it, and we try to do it ourselves, too, every three months to go away and kind of reevaluate everything in our life and have fun, too. You know, and, and that uh, the, the root of that, I, I call it married singles. You know, there, there are a lot of married singles mm-hmm. out there, and especially those who've had children in the home for a long time, and, and the, the, you know, they're both uh, dedicated to work, whatever it might be. Yeah. And the kids leave, there's the emptiness thing, and suddenly they look across the table at each other and go, mm-hmm. who are you? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and there's an emptiness that, uh, that isn't, uh, that, that's very difficult to, to, to fill. And, uh, so let, I want to go back. We, we talked about not cross-pollinating the, you know, <laughs> Michelle, you're working with the women, Joe, you're working with the men. What, what are boundary, what other boundaries do you put in, in your lives to keep yourselves spiritually healthy? through this process well i think probably staying in the word Mm. you know reading i every day i read oswald chambers Mm. i i don't i try to do other devotionals and for some reason it's oswald chambers i do that at night and 
you know, just open, I just want to make sure I open the Bible every day. I mean, that's just kind of a goal that I have. Um, and really holding each other accountable. Yeah. I think one of the greatest things that we do is every day before we go anywhere, we hold each other's hands mm. and we pray. Yeah. Sometimes it's Even a, real it's a quick short prayer because <laughs> we have grandkids, you know, people out there know what that is all about, but we got things mm. to do, but we, we pray and we start out the day doing that. Mm. And it just puts that right, you know, posture on our start. And probably and, just uh, also, don't you think, Joe, it, I mean, we have so many people that look to us. Mm that we've helped over the years. I, the last thing that we want to be are hypocrites. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in fact, Mike, you might even mm-hmm. remember one time Joe and I came in many, many years ago and our son was about 12 and he called us a hypocrite mm-hmm. and boy, we looked at each other and we marched him right in called. You were there at the office, marched him right in there and said, okay, we just had a problem at home parenting and, he called us a hypocrite. Should we not be in ministry? And you looked at our son and said, do you ever hear your parents talk about divorcing each other or separating when they get in a fight? And he said, no. He said, so they never, do they hit each other or anything? No. Well, uh, you know what? Your parents aren't hypocrites. They teach marriage classes. And then you looked at us and said, now don't go teach in parenting classes. (laughs) (laughs) And we don't. So we stayed away from parenting classes. We don't teach parenting classes. (laughs) That's cool. One of the things that I've heard you guys talk about is how important it is that you have separate interest. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, our our uh, self nurture list. Yes, we, we have self nurture. Address that very quickly. Yes. We're we're almost running out of time, okay. but maybe talk right. about that. Well, you just make a, a list bit. of one to fifteen things that you enjoy doing mm-hmm. alone that is not immoral, illegal, or expensive, and make sure you implement those in your life mm-hmm. every day. That you implement at least one, mm-hmm. uh, preferably three or four. And um, uh, do you want to add to that? Well, one of the things that we found is that over the years, when people get married, they become each other. Mm-hmm. And or and to, you know, the Lord says you shall become one, but you're still individuals, yes. okay? And you become one, then one don't need the other, and pretty soon it's like the old ball and chain attitude. And Ecclesiastes says specifically, you're, it's not the ball and chain of you know if God's in your life, seek Him first, and He says you're, you're you're chained together by God's word to have a ball. Don't look at the way you know Satan looks at it to make this old ball and chain attitude. Ecclesiastes four twelve. Mm-hmm. So marriage should be fun. So. When I'm doing the things and we and she does her things, I let her do her things and she lets me do mine. And, and then, remember, they're not immoral, illegal, right. or expensive. Does that leave chocolate out? I don't know how that. Uh, no, chocolate's oh, in. No. Chocolate's, chocolate's in. in. Chocolate's in. It's good for you. Chocolate's well, good for you. Chocolate listen. is its own food group. Right? <laughs> Balance. Yeah, it's a food group. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. part of the food. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, friends, uh, just a reminder: if uh, you're in church leadership, if you're on pastoral staff. Uh, if you are sitting in the pews and you feel a call, if your marriage is experiencing some tough times, once again, and, and again, I, I've known Joe and Michelle for so many years, and I just have utmost confidence in, in saying this is a tremendous resource that has God written all over it. Christ is in the middle of it. I encourage you to call and check out the website. The website is marriage 911 online.com marriage 911 online.com and you can also call them at toll free number 1-800-578-HELP 1-800-578-4357 bumping the clock here a little bit we got about 30 seconds uh, for each joe how about a quick word of encouragement to men and mm-hmm. michelle quick word of encouragement to women okay to, to men is uh you know 
be who you are before God. You know, uh, take your focus off of your crisis or your situation if you're in a, to give you encouragement because all things are possible with God, Philippians 4.13. You know, it's not all things are possible with your wife or with anybody else, but with God. So again, adjust your focus, uh, return to God and uh, God will be there. He's never left you. And my word to the women would be, um, have an eternal perspective. Look at, look at your problems. Um, they are not going to last forever, and we're not going to be here forever. You are leaving a legacy to your children and your grandchildren and great-grandchildren. Um, try to journal and write some things down that you're mm-hmm. thankful for, because one day people will be reading that, and you can leave something wonderful for them. Oh, Joe and Michelle Williams, thank you so much for joining us. Happy Valentine's Day to both of Same you. Same to you. Thank you so much. And dear friends, happy Valentine's Day to you, too, wherever you are. Thank you for joining us, and join us again next time. May God continue to bless your lives. Love.